Yo, what's good, everyone? Welcome back to another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. With me, as always, my buddy, my co-host, my pal, co-host of Winning Picks Weekly, the man who was all over the Masters this weekend. What's up, Greg? How you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing good. Yeah, Masters was good to me. It was nice. Um, baseball, you know, been a little up and down, up and down. Basketball is all depending on the Minnesota Timberwolves, if I had a good season or not. But that's gambling stuff. That's for Winning Picks Weekly. Go check it out. For here, I'm ready to talk Jets. I'm ready to talk draft. I'm ready to talk rumors and news, maybe. I don't know news, but definitely rumors and stuff people have been talking about this week because there's been a lot. There's been a lot to go through, John. I want I want your takes on it. We, do, we try to not talk about it too much offline. We try to save it for the show. And there's a few things that are starting to make me nervous. Do you think a few things are starting to make me panic. So how are you? How's everything going? And then let's get into this Jet stuff because there's a lot to cover. Well, right now, I'm on a sports high, man. Yeah. Uh, the the Knicks just released their schedule. Uh, so uh, check out the Knicks episode coming soon for that, for the playoffs. I'll be at every single Knicks home game. As long as they're in it, I'm there. So the, the anxiety is building up over there. We have Donovan Mitchell coming into town, and he better not Trey Young me. We'll get to that in the, <laughs> the next episode. The Yankees haven't lost a series 4-0, and they just beat the Cleveland Guardians. So nice maybe that's some good karma. <laughs> 4-0 on the series, and they beat them uh, by one today. Clay Holmes closed it. Things that Volpe hitting first, hit the double, leading off. I mean, things that, things are okay. Cole looking like the best pitcher in the league besides maybe Otani. Things are looking pretty good for me right now. Uh, the Rangers, I think, can make a run at the Eastern Conference playoffs. Like, I, I, I don't know. President's Cup usually doesn't win, so I'd be terrified of the Bruins, but for some reason I'm not. Uh, some Maybe some revenge on the Canes in the playoffs eventually, but first series is going to be with the New Jersey Devils, so that's going to be insane. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, things are things are really good in, um, in the sports world, but we're here for the Jets. As always, Greg, the anxiety is high around draft day with it just being two weeks away. However, two weeks? For maybe the first time in my life, it's not because of the draft. Yeah, <laughs> I got. I can, this is usually the time where we this, we're by on our tenth, eleventh mock draft of the day, <laughs> right? Because yes. of uh, everything that we need to see happen. Where are we going to take Sauce? Where do we think of Zach Wilson? Where is Jermaine Johnson going to go? Just year after year after year. This year, it's more about when is Aaron Rodgers coming? We have. I mean, at this point. I'm sick of talking about it. I just want it to happen. If you're listening right now, you're also sick of talking about it. You're also sick of hearing about it. You just want it to happen. But the fact of the matter is, Greg, the draft is two weeks away. Yep. The second round is two weeks away (laughs) in one one day. And Aaron Rodgers is still not on the New York Jets. I mean, recently we have photos of him and Lazard playing on the beach together. Like uh, where we have... Ridiculous rumors from New York radio, Mr. Carton, saying that if we don't trade for Aaron Rodgers by the draft, he's going to go to San Francisco 49ers, which talk about cap. I have no like, I have no idea how they're going to make $60 million in cap. Whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at a different time. Hopefully never. And then now today we have a Yahoo report from a pretty credible source, honestly. And Charles Robinson talking about how 
the Jets and the Packers are at a crossroads. They haven't spoken in a while. And it, it actually, to me, it actually sounds true because it's a repeat of, it's just a little more detailed, but really a repeat of the news that came out like last week, uh, this yep. one, a week and a half ago, about how the, the, the Jets and the Packers are at a crossroads about not the draft compensation next year, but the draft compensation in 2025, if Aaron Rodgers actually decides not to come back. Turns out that if they want that, then they want no stipulations on the second round pick that's going to be conditional if it goes to a first. All conventional wisdom says it's only going to go to a first if the Jets make it to the AFC Championship or if they host the game in the playoffs. Yep. Honestly, dude, who cares? Take that. I mean, that, that's, 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 uh, that's my quick little take about that. I mean, I, if the Jets don't make the don't make the AFC Championship, I'm going to be going nuts. So they, <laughs> they better make the AFC Championship. We better lose the first round. So yeah. I might as well just give them the first round. But like that's that's the end. That's my commentary at the, at the end here. But what are your what are, what's your take right now? You said you were a little anxious about the Jets. What do you what's your take right now about more Aaron Rodgers news slash not really news at all? But what's your take about Charles Robinson's uh, tweet and also an article? And also, are you sure this is going to get done? At this point, I'm not 100% sure. Um, You're but I feel like I'm, right. I feel like I'm 90. Right. I feel like I'm 90% sure. 95% your faith, sure. Your faith is, is starting to fade, Greg. Well, I'm starting to see so many different things, right? I'm seeing, we're all seeing the. You know, they're at an impasse, they're at a crossroads, both sides are dug in. What they're dug in about, I don't know if we're 100% sure. I think there's some speculation on what it could be. You know, the conditional picks for the Jets to receive from the Packers if Rodgers ends up only playing a year. Um, escalating picks next year based on how the Jets could do. I saw some mock drafts today and I saw an article about, and I want your opinion on this, and I don't, I, I haven't seen anything on Twitter from like anyone reliable, you know, blue check mark, whatever you want to saw, someone that I recognize about swapping first round picks with the Packers this season. They have the 15th, we have the 13th, we're dropping two picks back. It happens to be a pick behind the Patriots instead of a pick in front of the Patriots. So I feel like that gets the fan base going a little bit. But what are your thoughts about if that's the holdup? If, if the Packers are like, okay, we're cool with the escalating, escalating picks. We're cool with conditional picks on return if Rodgers doesn't come back, but we want the 13th pick and we'll give you the 15th pick. And Joe Douglas is like, no, we want the 13th pick because we have someone locked in. We think the Patriots are going to take them. So we're digging our heels in on the 13th pick. Would you be upset about that? Would you be like, just give them the 15th pick? What are your thoughts on that? So it, that's a, a, a Jets fan's wet dream. To be honest with you, that's it, that's just fan fiction, man. Of yep. course, that would be amazing if you take the Jimmy Johnson scale. Be like, hey, instead of giving you that two, we'll just you know upgrade you two spots in the top fifteen. Look at those numbers. And no, we're giving force. them the two. We're giving them everything. But the icing on the cake that the Packers want is just a pick swap in the first round. So we're, gi we're giving them a swap. second. We're giving them next year second. We're get we we're getting a second in return in 2025 or 2026, whatever it would be, if Rodgers doesn't play for two seasons. All that stuff is all true. 
the one thing that's a new wrinkle that I haven't seen before up until this week is that we swap picks in the first round this year. They move up to 13, we drop back to 15. I haven't seen that before, and that's something that I'm like, wait, there's more permutations out there for this draft? Because I feel like we've beaten this into the ground over and over. Like, I was blown away by the swapping picks and trading picks in future years if Rodgers and play contingency. Yeah, that was, that, a, that was a cool new Yeah, wrinkle. I was like, okay, that's something I've never heard of before. That's cool. But now the next wrinkle that I'm not used to is like, okay, we just want to swap picks in the first round, which usually doesn't happen when it's two picks away. Like, that to me is not a big deal. So I would just be like, if that's what's holding this whole thing up, just do the deal and we'll take the 15th pick because there's so many players there that you know, we're eyeing that I think we'd be okay with the 15th pick. I mean, we're going to get into that uh, at the end of the show here. We're going to do some NFL draft, especially with the four linemen that yep. uh, we hope to get, honestly, at 13. Now you're talking 15. And also we're going to do a quick PFF mock draft uh, to the simulator uh, all together here uh, at the end. But just to hit on your question, I totally agree with your sentiment. If this is the holdup, but I would also then be stingy too. Like, okay, fine. You know, if you want me to get behind my division rival, if you want to move up two spots in the first round, like I'm pulling up Jimmy, uh, Jim Johnson's, you know, chart, like checking out those points and saying, okay, if you want that, then, and you also want a second round pick next year that can escalate to a first, which we hope that's going to happen. Now we might get, two extra picks back. You know what I mean? Like give me, you know, a late Throw a pick fifth next- round pick in or something. Yeah, exactly. Like give me yeah. a fifth round pick, you know, this yeah. year or next year or something like that. Plus my automatic second when he comes back or, yeah. you know, if he doesn't come back, but I would actually take off that stipulation or, you know, forget the fifth round. I'll, I'll keep the stipulation is you're giving me a second round pick in two years, regardless, regardless okay. if Aaron Rodgers is here or not. If you want to switch up two spots in the first round and yeah. make me go and behind you. England. actually that, that that's, that'll be my take there. What, what do you think about the sentiment that there's some rumors again where I'm going deep Twitter on this? I'm going dark web rumors. No, nothing confirmed, nothing like that. Aaron Rodgers being like, yo, just don't make a trade. Like, I'm coming to the Jets. What's that and, mean? Like, just like, don't, don't trade. Don't trade for me. They're going to cut me or they're going to sit me and I'm coming to the Jets whenever I can. So don't trade. Like, it's kind of like we were talking about Derek Carr. Why would you trade? Why would New Orleans trade a pick when they're like, yo, we're just going to sign you in two weeks? To me, that I, I was, Rich Eisen was talking about it a little bit today and I was listening to him talk about it. To me, it, 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 it's, it's kind of pointless to talk about, even though I do want, want your opinion on it, because it ultimately comes down to the Packers eating 50 or $60 million and benching or cutting Aaron Rodgers. More. And I just don't think you do that. More. I just don't, yeah, I just don't think you pay a guy $60 million. <laughs> To just sit on the couch. Even if you wait in, at till a, a post June first, according to Spotrack, which is yeah. on point, it's a dead cap of seventy five mil in twenty twenty three and twenty four in in twenty twenty four. And yeah. you, by the way, they have to pick up Love's option after this year. Yes. So what are we talking about? That's insane. That's not going to happen. They'd be the dumbest franchise of all time. We're talking about how their shareholders. And how they have to have a shareholder meeting to try to talk about how they're going to get a potentially a first round pick back, and now they're going to get nothing back plus have debt. I I really don't see that happening. Literally, they. I mean, shout out to Green Bay. I really love my visit. Like you know, they're cool. I really love their quarterbacks that they give us. 
uh, yeah. every 15 years too. But they're going on a, a five city tour now to raise money for the Green Bay Packers. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's they're living in a different world here. They're not going to cut Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be a whole. They have to, they have to hang up his jersey. They have to go back and talk to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He has to come back. He's already. And my thing is, you're just, you're just not going to pay a guy and not get anything in return. It's like no one. You're you're not going to make it. You're not going to miss out on a deal because you want an extra third round pick or extra for you know whatever you want. You want to swap in the first round, but the Jets don't want to swap in the first round. <laughs> you're not going to lose out on that deal just to pay a guy seventy five million dollars to sit at home who doesn't want to play for you. So. I thought it was a little silly, but Rich Eisen ended up talking about it, and he's a big enough name that I feel like if he starts talking about it, maybe there's some a little smoke behind that fire. Who knows? I mean, shout out to uh, shout out to our boy Rich Eisen. He's also up for a couple of awards uh, this year. He's he, he he's the man, honestly. But final point on Rodgers: if a trade doesn't get done by draft night, is the deal not happening, or do you still think it could happen by the second round? Yeah, by the second round, second day. If the second round is over and this man right here is not on my team, I'm going to be very worried. My man, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, if he's not on this team after the second round, because it's after day two, like complete day two is over and Aaron Rodgers is not on the Jets, I'm I'm, I'm worried. Because now that means we drafted those two picks right in a row and yep. Green Bay is there too. I, I, would be, I would be very worried. That's My panic scale would go straight to an 85. From a zero to an eight, from from a zero to eighty five, literally. If those it, couple of minutes, if we get the deal done while we're on the clock, I mean, but that on the would clock be, for the second round, yeah, second that round would be on, insane, bro. That'd be an all time, uh, you know, heart is in my chest or in my throat. <laughs> that would be like, I would be freaking out. That would actually be insane. So no, let's not put that into the universe. Yeah. Speaking of things in the universe, uh, we 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 we've been talking about this for feels like weeks, huh? The main man, uh, OBJ here, who was wearing green pants everywhere, hugging our coach, going to Arizona, owners meeting in front of everyone, uh, talking Jets, tweeting, all this stuff. I now feel like that OBJ tweet about how he's he got disrespected for being offered $3 million or something, 100% came from the New York Jets. I would actually put money on it if I could, that that came straight from Joe Douglas. He was like, yo, here's $3 million, and if you do really good, we'll give you like eight. Somehow, some way, the Ravens, who are the stingiest team when it comes to trading, when it comes to players, they pay OBJ 15 mil. The important part of that is twofold. One, that means Lamar Jackson is coming back. Because he also recruited him. They're tweeting at each other. But that, if OBJ is going to the Ravens, that means OBJ is 100% coming back, probably on yep. that franchise tag. And number two, the Jets being as involved as they were means that they are still heavily contemplating changes to the wide receiver room. Besides McCole Hardman, besides Lazard, besides getting rid of Moore, there are more changes to be made, whether that's Corey Davis leaving and inevitably and adding somebody else. Maybe there's Corey Davis staying and adding someone else or drafting. I don't know. But to me, this, all this news means the Jets are still looking for a wide receiver and that Lamar Jackson is coming to the Ravens. What are your thoughts on OBJ uh, to Baltimore? Very happy about it. I feel like we dodged a bullet. I mean, he's out in the club the next night, the next day with Lamar. People are smoking, drinking. He's out there partying, doing Odell things. That's fine. I want that away from my team. I want guys to be focused, ready to go. I know it's the off season. 
I know you just signed $15 million, but I just don't need it. We, we got something going on here. We got a good thing going in the New York Jets organization for the first time in decades. Let's not rock the boat too much. $15 million guaranteed is absurd. I push back a little bit on the Jets being the one to offer $3 million just because I think the report was that he was planning to meet with us the next day. And the Ravens, Joe Douglas, that history, that connection, I felt like there might have been some worry from the Ravens front office being like, dude, if this guy gets up to New York and they make a strong offer, we might be in trouble. So like, it's like a don't let the guy leave the building thing. Like, We'll pay a, you know, maybe the contract started at 10 million and escalated up to 18 with 15 guaranteed, whatever it is. Um, I, I so they were obviously nervous. Of, I, I think that indicates to me that they were nervous about him meeting with us the next day. So I felt like we were going to be somewhat competitive. Um, I'm happy that we're not. I think that 15 million dollars or 18 million dollars could go a long way to signing some other people that we're going to talk about shortly. And I just don't – Odell, like I said, hasn't had a good season in six years. Don't need him on the team. <laughs> That's kind of tough. He won the Super Bowl within six years. Yeah. He didn't win. The Rams won. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, okay. So from your perspective then, what are the Jets going to do with the wide receiver room? Are they going to be searching for a veteran? Do you expect a high draft pick? Do you expect a low draft pick to just kind of ease out the room? Do you think Corey Davis is going to be here? Do you actually think Denzel Mims is going to get playing time here? Are Randall, Co- are Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis coming to fill out the tight end room uh, and, and the slots? What do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, I think it could be common. I mean, I think there's two things, right? I think that, you know, if we're going to spend money, say, in that $15 million range, what would you rather spend it on? So, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is out there being rumored or talked about. Jets probably are interested because they were interested in Odell. I think Hopkins is a much better player than Odell. I think he's going to command more than $15 million guaranteed. But again, a couple well, injuries. He has a contract, Greg. Uh, what's his contract right now? Well, if, if you're watching on the YouTube, uh, you'll be able to, uh, uh, see, to see it right here. Um, let me get DeAndre out of the way. He is currently a... 22.6 dead cap, and that's their out. Right? Okay. That's, if they, that's if they release him. There'll be 11.3 dead cap in 2022 and 22.6 dead cap in 2023 if they get rid of him now. If they wait till the end of this – oh, wait. So this is a 2023 numbers yep. we're looking at here. So it's a 2022.6. That's 11.3 this year, 11.3 next year of dead cap, and they save 19.4 mil. Not bad. So, I think it would command maybe a second-round pick. But at this point, do you think that's why the Jets are are insisting on getting that next second-round pick in 2025 so we're able to trade ours for for DeAndre Hopkins and still be whole there? Do you think that's that's what's going on here? If, If... DeAndre Hopkins is, in fact, a target. It was a rumor today. I've been begging for DeAndre Hopkins. I've been calling for DeAndre Hopkins to get traded from the Cardinal from the Cardinals for maybe one week after the season ended. I've been waiting for that to go somewhere. I thought it was going to be the Cowboys for a while, to be honest with you. Then the video came out, and I was like, there's no way he's going to the Cowboys after that video. Yeah. I was scared it was going to be New England. And then that video came out of, of NFL films, and I was like, okay, now there's no way he's going to New England. <laughs> so and now there's rumors of the Jets, and now I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like now he's definitely not going to the Jets. That's really how I feel about it. Do you think that we, we are, we're looking for that second round pick to maybe 
pawn off. We did that with Elijah Moore, right? Like, don't forget, we took that third rounder, added him to Elijah Moore to get that second, which we're going to trade to Green Bay. So we're still whole in this draft. You know what I mean? I wonder if that's their mentality. It definitely could be. I don't know if, like, you're saying, like, get a second round pick back from Green Bay in 2025 to make us whole for the second round pick we're giving up in 2023. You know, I don't know necessarily if if they're if the Jets are thinking like that. I think they just want to accumulate as many future assets as possible to set them up to be in a good position. To me, if we end up trading both our second round picks and we trade for DeAndre Hopkins with a second round pick and we trade a second round pick for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that's completely fine with me. Um, also, if we don't and we end up drafting a wide receiver with a second overall pick, if there's someone good that kind of fell out of the first round, if we end up trading back in the first round and selecting someone, I'm not as opposed to it as I was, you know, a week ago or two weeks ago. Um, coming more around to it, especially with some of these draft prospects, I think they're pretty good. I think it's got to be a big body outside guy. I think it's got to be a Q Johnson. I think it's got to be, um, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think it's got to be one of those big guys. I don't want the speedy little slot guys inside with that high of capital. I want a playmaker that can go up and get a 50-50 ball when we need it on third and 14. That's my boy to from me, Princeton, but that's a different story. Yeah. To me, like, I don't <laughs> I don't think I don't think Mims is an option. Uh, it's, it's sad to say it's an ongoing Jet thing. I feel like it's like a Frank Nikita type deal going on if you're in Knicks land. <laughs> Back in the day, like, okay, like, I feel like he's kind of had a similar thing with, like, are we playing him or not playing him? Is he going to be good? Is he not going to be good? You know, whatever it is. Some people love him. Some people hate him. I think we have three wide receivers on the squad right now. I think we got Garrett Wilson. I think we got Alan Lazard. I think we got Corey Davis. And after that, we're going to need four and five. So is Mims a five? Sure. He has been in the past. He's been okay. Um, But we're going to need a four. You're not counting Hardman as a, as a legit... Uh, yeah, I forgot about Hardman, if I'm being honest. But, like, again, I don't think he's, like, he's just a speedy outside guy. Like, he's not a big body. When you need it, when you need a completion, and someone has to catch the ball, and it's going to be contested, I'm not, like, jumping up and down because we have Miko Hardman on the outside. He's more of a catch-you-sleeping-on-second and second and three, and we take a shot, and he just sprints down the field. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't see him as, like, a big contested catch guy like DeAndre Hopkins is. Like people say, Corey Davis is, um, like Odell Beckham was, you know, he those guys can go up and catch you a ball uh, when you need to. Like Garrett Wilson is for sure. Um, I so think yeah. Jigba could do that, but I, yeah. I don't see the Jets really spending uh, that top pick. We'll we'll get into uh, our draft options. We we talked about the worst case scenario last week. We'll get into a little bit more, uh, but bef- before we head into that, Greg, me and you. Especially you, I've been very upset about the linebackers. CJ Mosley, I've been upset about it from the Quincy Williams side. We've both sure. been upset about the linebackers. We both want Quan Alexander back. He's still not signed. There's another guy out there by the name of Devin White. What do you think, man? He's he's looking for his fifth year option. Um, I, I'm I'm ready for it. If that's what we're gonna end up doing and spend some money on him, he's gonna be expensive. He's won a Super Bowl. He has the pedigree. He's, for people that don't know, he's been down in Tampa Bay after going to LSU. He was taken top 10, I think maybe top five, fifth overall pick in the NFL draft. Um, linebacker, but more of a speedy linebacker, side to side, covers the whole field uh, type linebacker. I think CJ Mosley, I mean, used to be an all type of everything linebacker. I think now he's more of a. He's obviously always in the top of the league for tackles. That's something we talk about on here at nauseum. 
but more of a run stopper, up and down, north and south type linebacker where Devin, Devin White's more of an east and west type guy. Okay at coverage. I think can stick with a line, stick with the tight end better than CJ. I think it gives us a great one-two punch in the linebacker in the linebacker department. You get Quan Alexander on a cheap deal. Those three guys rotating it in two positions. So I think that's all we run really is two linebackers. I think that's one of the better linebacking groups in the NFL all of a sudden. Yeah, I just I don't know if the Jets want to run it back with CJ, Quincy, and Quan. I think they just want something different there. Maybe yeah. maybe they are eyeing a linebacker in the draft. Hopefully. Campbell from Iowa, which I know is not going to happen. So maybe yeah. a Dorian Williams, maybe the kid from Clemson, maybe the kid from Illinois, you know, maybe something like that. But I don't know. Simpson was giving me uh, Darren Lee vibes a little bit, watching him go uh, <laughs> running from side to side, a little small. I don't know. I'm not really ready for that. Campbell, we get Campbell from Iowa. We have a legit linebacker core. Devin White would be an interesting addition. I just. I'm wondering if the Jets are even willing to trade a fifth round pick for him if it's for just one year, or if they're going to just pick what's up his an option. contract. Yeah, I know it's there. I well, it's right there. It's on the screen right now. Yeah, if you're on the fifth year option, has to be picked up, and yep. then he's going to be looking for a contract. So, fifth year option is how much? I just can't see because I'm stream because we're streaming. It's too small on my screen. Fifteen million. Oh, there's uh, there's no number oh, okay. uh, that I'm aware of right now. I'm sure uh, if I look it up. Uh, in the bargaining agreement, there's like a certain number that has to be based on his draft pick. Gotcha. Uh, but I, I'm I'm assume let's just let's just call it 15. Yeah. So that so that's good too. I mean, again, young guy, obviously still playing on his rookie deal. We're talking about his fifth year option. I think got hurt, missed the season again on a Super Bowl run with Tampa Bay. Part of that tremendous defense when it was doing so well. Um, a little hypothetical maybe to get us out of here. If you're good on this free agent stuff, we have 15 million dollars to spend. Are we doing fifteen million and a fifth for Devin White? Are we doing fifteen million or whatever the price is? I know it's more for Hopkins in a second. Are we spending fifteen million on Ben Jones, the center from the Tennessee Titans, who got cut later part of his career, 30, 30 31, 32, something like that? Kind of a Iron Man type guy, hasn't missed a lot of games, plays pretty good. Part of the Tennessee offense where we took a couple of their coordinators and coaches from this offseason. We need a center. So if you're picking one of those three options, who are you going with and why? Those are uh, that's actually a really good question because let's play Johnny Davis GM for a minute. Mil. Yeah, let's What's play up? Johnny GM. Because <laughs> because we have Corey Davis with that 15 mil. So that yep. I, I assume that's where it's gonna come from. Q Will will obviously be a jet, but he's not gonna come to the workouts. Because his deal's not going to be done yet by then, which is fine. So uh, I'll give you fifteen. As that's a nice hypothetical. We're going to do the, the the mock draft here. I I don't know if if JMS is going to be here. If we're going to be able to draft him, mm-hmm. and even if we are able to draft him in the second round, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants to play with a rookie. I also don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants to play with Ben Jones at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, I have the same feeling about this, you know, Ben Jones as I do about JMS. Honestly, I, so I, I legitimately do not know. There's also other centers. We all, we always fall in love with the top center, which you know, even if he ends up being good, like the kid from Iowa, uh, who's with uh, I think Pittsburgh now. No, Ravens. So the Ravens now. Um, Creed Humphrey or any of the guys that we fall in love with, there's always guys behind, you know what I mean, that that, that end up being good. So, dude, I can't believe we don't have a center. McGovern's still available, though. 
I know that sounds insane. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, so you want to throw a fourth option in there? Take McGovern on a little bit cheaper deal. Like if I can get if I can get McGovern. I know that I know every, uh, people are cringing everywhere already. D Hop. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the big win there. And Quan back. How can I complain? And then just yep. draft. You know, just draft another center. Just draft. You know, another safety. Just draft a linebacker. You know, with your with your bottom picks and call it a day. You know, because obviously one of the picks is going to be an offensive tackle in the first yeah, round. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully your first round pick is a tackle. Your second round pick went for D Hob. Your second round pick went for Rodgers. We don't have a third. So now you're on day three, fourth, five, and six. We have a couple of those picks, which is nice. But chances are those are developmental guys, to your point. You, you pick up a linebacker, you pick up a safety, pick up a wide receiver, pick up, you know, another position where we're going to need a little depth or something like that to develop. So the one note with D Hop is I don't think he's going to command the second this year because that's their asking price. And then that means he would have got it already. Sure. So maybe it's some, you know, something lower, or maybe it's next year's, you know, third or something. And we'll just keep giving out. Like we're just not going to draft the year, <laughs> the year yeah. after Rogers, <laughs> which is fine, you know, because hopefully it's, we've never had the, those great of picks, but we've been mentioning this a couple of times here, Greg. So let's just get right into it. Last week, we talked about the doomsday uh, scenario. Yes, we did. And that was all four offensive tackles being drafted before the 13 we went through how can there be three or four quarterbacks and three or four tackles drafted with Jalen carter and tyree wilson how just how <laughs> yeah. where, how and will anderson yeah will anderson and witherspoon maybe like what are yep. the numbers the numbers don't add up as always right before the draft there's 16 players getting drafted in the top 10 and 40 players getting drafted in the top 20 yeah so here we are if you're looking at the screen we got all the offensive linemen that have been rumored to even look at the Jets in the first round. Uh, the Kiffin Northwestern, uh, Donald Wright from uh, Tennessee, got Broderick Jones, and we got the kid from Paris Johnson. And we got Paris Johnson. And, you know, you mentioned Paris Johnson real quick. I'll just start off there. I cannot get over this his latest interview talk, which he, he sounded cool. He sounded like the man. I was I was like, all right, I could – I could see this guy kind of meshing with the Jets until he's talking about his priorities are one, the weather, and two, taxes. And the New Jersey, New York stadium that is MetLife does not have any of those things. They have a lot of taxes <laughs> and they have bad weather, but they do have new turf. They do have new turf and it does look sexy. And I'm praying to God that we somehow have managed to get a Jets logo in the middle. But I digress. That, feel, that, that feeling wow. that you have about Paris Johnson, is that more of a feeling? Like, I, I had that feeling, too. I don't know how to describe it exactly, but felt a little, like, uneasy about him talking about that because is that more because we don't line up with what he wants, you want him on the team? Or is that more you want a guy whose number one priority is winning and playing football, not the weather and not taxes? And money because he's going to be a top 15 pick, he's going to get paid. He's going to be a tackle in the NFL, he's going to get paid. I mean, so, here's the thing, Greg. I, 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 I don't hate him for it to be honest yeah. with you. Because who's to say if I'm not in the position, I'm thinking the same thing. And look at the teams at the top. I mean, Arizona's in there, you know, he's he's maybe angling a little. Maybe Arizona will take him if they stay. Sure, Vegas is there, of course. Atlanta, I don't know about their tax situation, but I feel like. Close enough to Florida. It's a, it, it, I know that's kind of ignorant, but I feel like maybe there's yeah. that aren't as bad in the South there. Maybe there's a couple other teams that I'm missing. Tennessee's around there. Titans, too. Yep. 
maybe he's just angling, you know, Houston, Houston picks. Maybe he's just angling to get into a nice situation. You know, uh, he's angling for himself, but maybe that's just the truth. You know, I assume he's media trained, so I, I assume he knows what he's talking about. So it's more, knows, maybe more. he's just talking the truth. Maybe he's being honest. You know, he's getting comfortable yeah. in that interview. And he was like, no, dude, if you're asking me for real. I just want to go to a warm city. Or maybe he just wants to go to Vegas really bad. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to angle it. You know what I mean? He's just, he's visiting them in the top 30. He's a really good player. Vegas needs a tackle really badly. You know, it's a perfect fit. So let's get Paris Johnson out of here. Let's get the kid from Northwestern out of here because he's rumored to go in the top as well, right? Especially to Chicago. Top 10, yeah. Just like you mentioned, who was the last tackle that went to Chicago again? I know you mentioned the last episode. I'm blanking on his name again. Oh, uh, you're blanking this time. I blanked last time, but yeah. I, don't, I don't remember. Um, so it looks like he's being rumored to go to Chicago. That's a nice fit. I think Rich Samini, the ESPN New York Jets writer, mentioned that. Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins, right. Yeah. Rich Samini mentioned that I think about like 15% of mock drafts or something like that uh, have uh, Broderick Jones going to the New York Jets. I feel like he's been the most popular pick, but in, in the doomsday scenario, he's not there anymore. What do you think about Broderick? Dude, he I think he's my number one guy right now. I mean, I think he's a little bit slimmer. He's a little bit lighter than the other options that you traditionally see. I think that's more of the way the NFL's moving towards. Like we saw with Mekhi Becton being too heavy. Um, that was his knock coming into the draft. Super athletic, but just a, way too heavy. And we saw how his body's been able to ha- you know, handle it the last three years. He's missed two of them. I think that his pro- he's going to be more of the prototype moving forward. I think like if you look at San Francisco, some of these other like explosive offenses, they're looking for slimmer, lighter guys that are more athletic that can move around and do what they need to do, even at the tackle position, you know. A lot, a lot of rushing nowadays is more speed and technique than it is just bull rushing and overpowering the guy because the technique is and you know the the practicing for these offensive linemen are to a point where you really can't you can win on a bull rush if it's in your repertoire. You probably can't win on a bull rush if that's your only move. So it's speed, it's technique, it's you know play design that's going to beat you. And the way to adapt to that and beat that from the offensive line position besides preparation is athleticism. So he, he, I, he does run the fastest of the forties. Uh, yep. Yeah. runs the fastest. I think has the best vertical. Like he he's on Georgia. He went up against that unbelievable Georgia defense that had the most ever first round picks last year, more first round picks coming this year. Um, he went up against them. He talked about it in an interview. I don't know if it was with a, like a local reporter or what, but he talked about how when he first got to campus, he was like nervous about like being able to play because he was just being not dominated, but he was going to beat a lot in, you know, spring ball and getting ready for the season and his first season through practices and stuff. Because all these guys, especially these top programs are the best player in their definitely in their town, probably their County, if not their state. So they're used to just winning all the time. So I think that's like another great thing too for a lot of these guys. Like this guy at Northwestern, he just might have just always been the best guy everywhere. And then he goes to Northwestern and he's the best player. So then all of a sudden you get to NFL and you're like, wait, I'm not the best player anymore. Like what's going on? Um, Broderick Jones has been, syndrome? Yeah, Broderick Jones has been through that a little bit already because he's played at Georgia. They've obviously won you know national championships. They, they have a ton of playoff experience, high caliber, high pressure games. 
He was their left tackle. He anchored that offensive line. To yeah. me, it's a no-brainer um, of a pick. The only thing that worries me is that I see it on every mock draft. I know. So that know. worries me to no end because it's that and it's Jack Campbell in the second round. And that worries me when that's all you start seeing leading up to the draft because that usually means that's not going to happen. Which is exactly why we're going to do a, a mock draft. The only reason we have the PFF stuff up here is because we're going to do a PFF mock simulator together. So yeah. I think it's only right to use their uh, their big board here. Uh, Anton Harrison hasn't really been a popular guy because the Sooner stunk this year. Uh, yeah. But he's, he's a good pick too. Uh, Darnell Wright. Um, he's kind of last on my list. He, I think he's going to be good. But I don't know. He, he plays both left and right tackle, which... Should be something that you I should be very impressed about. For some reason, it sketches me out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, honestly, uh, if I'm being candid here, Connor Rogers' real big board comes out in like a day or two. I'll be really delving deep into that. Um, subscribe to that. I get that. That I I I, I delve pretty deep into the draft there. So definitely next episode we're gonna go into um, exact positions, exact positions of need. And he also talks about from the Jets' perspective. So. Yeah, um, definitely looking at safeties. Definitely looking at linebackers. Um, definitely looking at offensive linemen and defensive linemen late in the draft. Um, I'm all over the running backs already. We could talk about it anytime you want. Um, and it's a deep tight end draft as well. So I'm excited to get into all that. Do you have yeah, any Dar- notes uh, before we get into uh, a quick three round mock? Yeah, let's go, Darno. Right, real quick. The only knock that I've really seen a bit from him is that he's a little undersized, a little bit shorter arms. So he might be yeah, there's some drafts or some people have talked about the notion of him possibly moving to guard in the at the NFL level. Um, I feel like we're comfortable at the guard position right now with uh, Tomlinson and AVT. So to me, that worries me a little bit. I think Broderick Jones, like we talked about, a little bit bigger. I think Parrish Campbell's the biggest out of all of them. To me, I think we need a true blue tackle to anchor this team. I think we have enough flexibility with enough other guys um, where I, I don't want to see AVT playing tackle again. I want him to be a guard to be one of the best guards in the NFL. Man, if we end up with right after all this in the first round, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be, I, I, I'll be at MetLife uh, hopefully uh, for that, uh, for the draft day, the Knicks schedule came out today, actually, so the Knicks won't be playing. So I will be at MetLife for the draft party. If we end up with right, man, that's going to be a tough day. That's really going to be a tough day. I'm going to be honest. It will be a tough day. It will be bittersweet for me because I think I'd rather have him over other skill positions. Like, a lot of skill positions start going around us and a lot of the mock drafts. Dude, I'd rather have Najigba, to be honest with you. Just give me just give me Najigba. Dude, just give me Najigba. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we see. We'll, we'll we'll do the mock draft. I'll talk about other players that we see. Around All right, there. let's do that right now. We're gonna jump to a quick NFL mock draft simulator. Shout out to PFF. And let's go. All right, so the picks went: Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, Will Levis. All right. Jalen Carter. Quarterback so far, that's what you want to see on draft day. You want to see quarterbacks go. We're happy with quarterbacks start getting drafted. Dude, if three quarterbacks go within the top four, not named Anthony Richardson, I'm on top of the world. Yeah. If Will Levis goes at, at four, like this mock draft is suggesting, that would be amazing to the Colts. We got Jalen Carter at fifth. We got uh, Skaronsky, the, the Northwestern tackle, at six. 
Anthony Richardson, seven. Vegas, I like that if he's there, but I don't think he's going to make it. Yeah, that's perfect for us again. Yeah, this is a, this this is this is literally the best case scenario for us. So this is yep. definitely not going to happen. We could even run it back a second time if you want to check it out. But we have Quentin Johnson at eight, Tyree Wilson at nine, Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon, he's pretty good. Uh, Ten, Devin Witherspoon, this cornerback from Illinois, eleven to Tennessee, and then the Jigba at twelve, which means that all the tackles are there. So yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 uh, pretty poetic. That it, the first time we did it, it went like this with all four tackles on our screen. I also see that real quick, too. I see that stack a lot, too. I don't know if it happened in this draft, but I see a lot of mock drafts doing the Jackson Smith and Jigba at 12 for the Texans and then taking CJ Stroud earlier in the draft and doing the whole quarterback and wide receiver that played college together. Look at Tua and whoever I forget in Miami. Look at Jamar Chase and. Joe Burrow, there's a lot of pairings now. So that's a very trendy thing to do in mock drafts. I don't know if that's going to happen, but he could go right before us. I mean, simulators are, are based on percentages, right? So they're, yep. they're and they also have there's some trades here, but I don't care. I'm just using the, the team that's there. I don't know how it's time for all that. Who are you taking here, man? I'm taking Broderick Jones if he's available. Yeah. I, I Over Paris Johnson if he's there? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think right. I, I'm okay with either one. We talked about it when it happened. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I want an offensive or defensive lineman that played in the college football playoff because okay. those big boys were going at it in All the right. semifinal and the final. So, so if you're Kronsky's on Ohio gone, State. And you're taking Broderick Jones with Paris Johnson still on the market. He His okay. rank is 26. According to PFF, his ADP is 22.6. Paris Johnson, on the other hand, ranked 19, ADP 14.2. You're taking Broderick Jones. I would. I just think the pedigree, the competition that he's played against, the story, everything just kind of lines up for me. I think he's a little bit thinner, a little bit lighter on his feet, a little bit faster. That's kind of who I'm looking for um, in a tackle nowadays, especially with Makai Becton. You know, I, I don't know. The crazy thing is if we take him or Paris Johnson, who who's play, are they playing week one? How do you not play a, a tackle that you took in the 14th overall week one? Because we got Dwayne Brown. Yeah, so so Dwayne Brown's left tackle is Mackay Becton riding the bench to start the season. No, Mackay's kind of, riding right. So then Dwayne Brown's the, on the bench. No, Dwayne Brown's starting. This, whoever's a rookie is just going to hang out and wait. That's crazy. Dwayne Brown inevitably gets hurt. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, let's take him, Broderick. Let's do it. Well, maybe that's why you know if the tackles are taken, maybe it's not the worst case scenario. Yeah. So we hey, still Luke have the two picks here, I think which, Luke Vanessa was there from Iowa. Just to throw a name out there. Uh, we need an edge rusher. We need a guy that could get after it. I looked more at that Pittsburgh. Uh, I watched some tape of him this past weekend and a little bit more today to remind myself, dude, he's small, but he is quick. And okay. I don't want to. I don't want to say Aaron Donald vibes, but just on tape, looking at the size he's of him, edge though. No, no, the guy from Pittsburgh. The guy from Pittsburgh up the middle. Oh, um, Kaluki Kuku. I'm blanking on his name right now, but he a little bit smaller than everyone, a little bit faster than everyone was getting after people. So just a couple names to throw out there. Yeah, Van Ness again out on the outside. If if the worst scenario happens, all the tackles go. There are some options for us here if we don't trade back. All right. So this draft is going to be a little tough on the mock because we're not drafting two picks in the second round. One of them is going to Green Bay. God willing, correct. 
but I'll make the first. We'll make the first pick here, and then I'll just pick something random that hopefully won't affect anything, and we'll get to the third round. Well, I do want to talk real quick. If we have a couple minutes, just talk about second round options here. No, no, there's no. We're gonna. T- we have only one pick. That's oh, okay, that's, that's the only so, yeah, caveat I want to make because gotcha, here, gotcha, if you're looking gotcha. at the screen, there's two Jets picks in a row. We're assuming one's yep. going to Green Bay. Yep. We have BJ Ujolari, the the edge from LSU, who has come in uh, for us on a, on a visit. He's in this mock. He's gone at 34. Which makes sense because at the end of the first round with Jordan Addison here going uh, the last pick to Kansas City, it's all going to be about who are the best players available for the second round, who's going to trade up. That's going to be a whole talk for 24 hours right? yep. as soon as the first draft ends. So B.J. Ojolari, he's going to be a, a popular one. On Daniel Dell from Houston, the wide receiver, he's going to be a, a popular one. Josh Downs, very interesting player. At some point he had – I don't know if it changed now, but he had zero workouts – Zero calls within the t- within the thirty. Nobody wanted to use their thirty on him, which is insane. I've never even heard of that happening. Yeah, no, I haven't heard of that either. Zay Flowers going uh, yep. at the top here. Uh, Dewan Jones, who has been nasty all year, I love Dewan Jones. Goes to to uh, Vegas, so they get Richardson and Jones. That's a nice draft for them. Osiris Torrance, uh, the guard from Florida, goes to uh, the Rams, and the Jets are on the clock, man. What are you looking at here? I mean, Jack Campbell is screaming at me, but of course, you know, you know, uh, Michael Smith, JMS is here. We've been talking about him all day, all year. <laughs> it feels like. What are you? What are you doing here? Yeah. So a new name that's popped up over the last week while I was looking up stuff for me is Joe Titman, a center out of Wisconsin. Um, I like him or JMS here. I think we need to address the center position. Um, we need to address it now because there's a chance we need a player this season. But if not, we're definitely going to need someone next year and moving forward. Um, According to PFF, uh, Joe Tittman is ranked higher than John Michael Schmitz. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and he is the name. I think J- JMS is a popular name early in the draft process that was very trendy. And now I'm seeing Joe Tittman uh, kind of sneak up a little bit, get picked higher than him. And a few different picks, uh, a few different drafts. Wisconsin runs not a, a full outside zone rush attack, which I know we're changing offensive coordinators to Nathaniel Hackett this season. So we'll see exactly what type of offense we are going to run. But I'm assuming based on all the players that we have, the San Francisco players, you know, all that stuff, the 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 leftovers from when the Michael Floor era, I'm assuming we're going to run an outside zone scheme or zone blocking scheme. So. Um, he pulls a lot more than we're doing a traditional like outside zone. So he can pull. He's athletic. He's a little bit undersized, maybe. Um, my only problem with him is that he's has better. I don't want to say better technique. He's better recovery than most centers. I don't know how inside baseball we want to go. Mm-hmm. So he gets beat in hand position a lot. And that he makes up for it with technique after first contact with a defensive player. And that worries me a little bit because in the NFL, one, you're probably not going to be more athletic and you know, a better technique than the defensive guys. You yeah. have to you have to win He's off 10 years the ball. Older than you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You have to win off the ball. And he kind of does, he kind of brings his hands up from the ground and he often has his hands outside which as we know from penalties and all this stuff, you want your hands inside controlling the pads, one for penalties, one for position. So that's kind of a little bit of alarming. He gets penalized a decent amount, which again is a little alarming as well. Um, I think because of those those technical flaws in his game, uh, when he does get beat, 
But he's another name to throw out there. I think we have two good options here at center. I like both of those here. Those are the top of my list. And then after that, a name that I've been seeing a lot and something that I want to throw out to you and have a question about is you talked about it. It's a heavy tight end draft. So I've seen Musgrave a few different spots from Oregon State. I've seen different tight ends getting picked here for the Jets. And to me, it makes absolutely no sense. Not in the second, bro. But I just see it so often that I'm like, maybe it's just so crazy it might work. Like, we just took Ruckert. We have CJ. <laughs> we have Conklin. I finally feel good about our tight end room. And now this Musgrave guy who's 6'6", runs fast as hell, was one of the few people, the stat I saw today was one of the few people in the Senior Bowl game who clocked in a 20-mile-an-hour speed in a play. Was like one of like ten guys I was able to do that in a live in a live rep in a live you know live game. Six six can catch the ball, can block pretty well. Kind of a you know an all around type guy. Those don't come around too often. We just took Jeremy Rucker though. I can't imagine us taking another tight end in the second round this season. But I see it so much. I have to ask. What are your thoughts about that? You know I love the tight ends in this draft, man. You know I've been talking. I've been talking about Sam Laporta for like two years straight. And <laughs> Iowa has, has had 15 yards total in those two years. Like, I love Sam Laporta. I'm terrified of him going to the Patriots. That's the only thing I – if he's not going to be a Jet, he just can't be a Patriot. That's the only thing I care about with Sam Laporta. But because it's such a heavy tight end draft and because we drafted Rucker and because we just restructured two tight ends, dude, we are not drafting a tight end in the second. We, I do see us getting another tight end, though, from either the draft or the undrafted free agents. But definitely not in the second, dude. No way. Not with all these needs. Yeah, use a compensatory pick in the fifth or sixth round. <laughs> yeah, for next year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll get a tight end here somewhere, not in the second. Who are you eyeing then in the second round? Listen, man, I, I, I feel you on Titman and I feel you on JMS. And I definitely feel you on Musgrave, the tight end from, from Oregon State. But, dude, if Jack Campbell is sitting there, I'll just feel like the dumbest person in the world if I'm not putting a Jack Campbell card in. I honestly would. But then we're kind of stuck getting McGovern or Ben Jones. But I think that's fine, dude. Like, honestly, like if we get McGovern back, like sure, the Facebook fanatics will be angry about it for 20 minutes, like posting about how we should fire Joe Douglas or something because of it, because we got McGovern back and his PFF grade was bad last year. But, dude, I would love McGovern and Jack Campbell. That would be a steal for me rather than Juan Alexander and Joe Titman, who could literally suck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, I, I don't know. I don't think we're – if we can get Linderbaum, I feel like we're not drafting a tight end. Uh, a, a, a center. A center or a tight end this high, to be honest with you. Yeah, another name for the linebacker is Jack Campbell. Again, big size, big, big size linebacker, run stopper. Um, doesn't have that top-end speed maybe for coverage, but still is a good all-around linebacker on that Iowa defense that was absolutely tremendous last season. Um, another name that I've seen is Drew Sanders from Arkansas. Yes. Bigger yes. type guy, 6'5", yes. at a linebacker position. Small frame, though, 220, 230. Same thing with Trenton Simpson from Clemson. Yeah, and it's one of those things that's kind of catching my eye a little bit, similar to like these hybrid safeties that we see a lot now. That's like a they can drop down the box, they can cover someone, Dude. they can cover but, the three. You, you, I've got PTSD, though, because that just sounds like Hamza. And like Sherwood, they were the linebacker safeties. 
Yeah, and that's that's what this guy. He's not going to be a, like a linebacker safety, but to me, he's just this like hybrid where he's too small to be a linebacker, but he just has he has tremendous instincts. That's what I saw on tape. I watched like 20, 25 minutes of him over the last couple of days. Can sniff out a play. Is tremendous vision. He can he can watch the running back, and his hands are moving to to get ready for the guard or tackle that's about to hit him, like before they make contact. So he's able to keep his eye on the ball, able to still fight with whoever's about to, he's about to engage with and can, can slip people pretty well. And then when he slips people, he's pretty good at stopping the run. The only problem is that sometimes he does get run over uh, because he just has a smaller frame. He doesn't have that big impact that you want from a linebacker when you're stopping the run. But Long arms, big body, 6'5". He's filling up running lanes. He's dropping down. He's willing to get his nose dirty. Like I said, good instincts. To me, it's just about the wear and tear on a season at the linebacker position. He's so, he's tall, but just so frail. I don't want to say frail because I don't know about his injury history, but 220, 230. He looks like a wide receiver more than he does a linebacker. All right, I'm going to go Jack Campbell. Yeah. Even though Henley's there too, but I'm just gonna go with Jack Campbell. See what happens here. That's fine um, for me. For the next pick, just to just to get rid of it because we're obviously not gonna be able to use it, and we obviously got the goat punter in Morstead. Yep. I'll just take uh, the punter from Auburn or something. I'll take B- I'll take BT Potter. I'm Perfect. Henley went. Laporta's gone. Musgrove gone. JMS just went, Rashi Rice, Trenton Simpson, because we don't have a third round either. Yep. Don't forget. Yeah, so, so that's that over for us. Day two for us is beautiful. I mean, we walk away with Broderick Jones and Jack Campbell. I'm a pretty happy guy with, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we'll get into a deeper mock draft uh, as this goes on. We'll get into, as, as uh, Greg said, a little more inside baseball. Has um, you know, It's only two weeks away. Hopefully by next week we have the freaking trade, bro. So we know what we're drafting. We know we're yeah. not drafting in day three, but maybe we are. I don't know. It, it, you know, we know we're going to make trades when the day comes and when it gets closer. But man, it's so frustrating not knowing exactly what the Jets have, especially because this is our favorite time of the year, man. Draft season, but oh, it's Aaron Rodgers' season, dude. So who cares, right? Give me D Hop, give me Aaron Rodgers, and don't let me. I don't want to think about the draft. Give me a tackle, and then I'll take whoever you want in the second round. To be honest with you, I kind of see us trading down to hopefully gain a pick. Maybe take someone second and third to move up in the second so we're still drafting. Yeah, for me, if those tackles are gone and we don't have anyone that's like studded out, like we have to draft this guy at 13, I'm completely fine. That was my biggest takeaway of this. I'm completely fine with trading down uh, in the first round. I'm completely fine with trading, trading down the second round. Trading down or trading out? Trading down. Okay. Maybe so, like, trading out. Trade out of the first Maybe it really okay. depends who's there, and you know, depends. Who's I don't want there. to trade out of the first to be honest with you because I, I want the pick with Aaron Rodgers, like, I want a nice rookie. If yeah. we're gonna trade down and take someone's first and second to move up in the first, no problem. If we're gonna take you know, if we're gonna maybe get a second and a third, move out of the first, like a high third, high second, whatever, something has to, has to be good, yeah. Like, if someone I don't know, I haven't looked at it, so I don't know if someone's out there with two second round picks. If we're trading a first and we're, well, and we're trading, yeah, we're trading <laughs> two second round picks and a third or something like that, and we're recouping all that, where we can make five picks or three picks or four picks because we're going to be trading a second round pick for Rodgers, 
that makes a little bit more sense to me. Because at your point, even if we're just trading, if we were just picking two guys in the second round and we have three picks, we're trading one for Rodgers. If we walk away with JMS or um, uh, Titman from Wisconsin and then Jack Campbell, I'm kind of okay with that. Like, I'm not super ecstatic. I think we need one of these tackles because I just don't want another season of Mackay Becton ruining my season. Dwayne Brown Brown will be hurt at some point this season. Whether he plays through like an absolute monster or not, that remains to be seen. But we need we need offensive line help. We need tackle help. So if someone's there in the first round, let's just take them and move on. Don't think, just throw. Don't overthink the pick, Joe Douglas. And Joe Douglas, we trust, man. And Joe Douglas, we trust. And with that, we're still the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Very soon, Jet Perception podcast. But for now, we're the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. As yep. always, subscribe on our YouTube. We're on Twitter, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google, we're on anything that you use, we're on Instagram, we're on everything. Just like it, subscribe to it, hit us with the comments. We're, all, we're also on Winning Picks Weekly, Winning P Weekly on Twitter. That's our YouTube, we have a playlist for that too. So we got the Knicks episodes, we got the Jets episodes, and we got the gambling episodes coming up. Greg, any last thoughts? Now let's go Jets. Let's go Jets, baby. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. If you're going to the draft, party hit me up. We out.